the scripture readings. The first scripture reading is taken from Isaiah. Isaiah 42, verse 1 to 9. Isaiah 42, 1 to 9. Beloved in the Lord, let us listen to the word of God. The servants of the Lord. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out, or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not sniff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged, till he establishes justice on earth. In his, in his teaching, the island will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens, who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people, and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. To open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Beloved in the Lord, this is the word of God. Our second scripture reading for today's service is a reading from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 to 43. Acts 10, 34 to 43. Let us listen to the word of God. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day 
and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes, believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of God. Please rise for the gospel reading. Our third reading for this morning is chosen from the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. Matthew 3, 13 to 17. Beloved in Christ, let's listen to the word of God. The baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the word of God. Please sit. Beloved in Christ, we will now prepare our hearts for the sermon with Amazing Grace, hymn number 294.
Take your seat. Chosen to be soldiers in an alien land. Chosen, cold and faithful for our captain's band. In the service royal, let us not grow cold. Hallelujah. I want you to greet the one you are seated by, even with the love of the Lord. Just stretch forth your hand and smile to the person. When I was growing up, I... Um, there was this song they used to sing and say, Smile a while and give your face a change. Raise your hand to the one you love the best. Shake your hands with those around and greet them all with a smile. Somebody's finding it really difficult to smile this morning. But can you help that person put a smile on the face? Hallelujah. The person was just waiting for your voice. And then the smile will come. I'm grateful to God for this opportunity as we gather in His presence today. And I salute you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we pray? What do Tina yet
to do far exceedingly above all that we can ask or even imagine. So we say thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our theme today is chosen for the mission of the Father. Chosen. And this is part of the things that God has done for us. That even me, even those of us gathered here, will be considered for his mission. If we are chosen, then it means that we have been selected. We've been called out from a number. We've been elected. We've been appointed. We have been set apart. And the reason God bears all these things is because he has an agenda. So he has selected us. He has elected us. He's appointed us. He set us apart for that agenda, that purpose. And usually if you are selected, then it means that you are special. So as you sit there, you are a special person. You are God's special person. You are preferred. I suppose if somebody should come into this place and will want to select a team, maybe we want a football team here. I know I will not be called. The last time I tried just receiving a pass, what happened to me was that for one week, I could not walk. Receiving a pass, some harmless pass, take dribble or do whatever you want, and it was a problem. However, I know one thing, that if it is between me and the chairman of council, they will pick me. I'll be prepared. I'm special. And I know it's difficult for you to maybe somebody says, me? No. No, you. You are special. Bible says that you are a chosen race. Chosen. God selected you to be here today. God selected you to be part of his family. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. That is your name. Forget it. Maybe you've messed up. Probably you have issues even this morning. You have a baggage. Even as we speak, some of these things are coming back to your mind. You know you messed up. But in spite of all that, the fact still remains. You are chosen. You are called by God. You are a royal You are a priest. I know as we sit here, you all look at me here, or you look at Canon and say, these are priests. No, you are a priest. Please look carefully at the one seated by you. That's Osofo, sitting by you right there. And that's a royal sitting by you. You are a royal priesthood. Like any other chosen people, we have been set apart, like I said, for a purpose. And we have been told today that we have been set apart To fulfill the mission of the Father. We have been chosen for the mission of the Father. And if I want to put it in our terms, we've been chosen to advance the kingdom of God. 
I'm sure we all know that our theme for t- uh, this year is thy kingdom come, increasing the zeal for what? Evangelism and discipleship. And our focus this month is advancing the kingdom of God together. So, God has chosen you as a person to advance his kingdom. What it means is that if we fail, then it means that uh, something will not go right with this mission that God has so graciously brought us into. When we talk of mission, it means work. It means work. A lot of work, a lot of work, and a lot of work. For some people, they work and work and work in the house of God and they get tired. But at the end of the day, they are asked to do more work. That's the only thing you get in the house of God. You work, 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 work. At the end of the day, maybe you are expecting somebody to say congratulations. They say, more work. Can you do this for me? There's more work. It is duty. It's an assignment. It's an operation. I know... uh, Brigadier will understand this. When they say they are going on an operation, I saw some cow legs somewhere and I saw calm life. They have all kinds of things, operations they do. And I'm saying that those of us gathered here are also on on an operation. We have a job to do. John 15, 16 says that we are to bear fruit. According to that scripture, it says that you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you. Meaning, I ordained you. I put you in correct order. So that you can go forth and bear fruit. Fruit that will abide. That is our purpose. That is my purpose here. You are supposed to bear fruit. I'm supposed to bear fruit. That is the mission of the Father. First Peter 2.9 says that we... We, uh, we are to declare the praises of the one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Chosen race, royal priesthood. And the reason is this. Declare. Show. Other versions say that. Show forth the praises. So it's not just like, just a mouth saying it. But when people look into your lives, they can see. If you remember in those days, I can see in you the glory of the Lord and I love you. So, so you look at the person and you see in that person the glory of the Lord. And usually when I talk about these things, I, I know that our fathers do that a lot. Now if you are a young boy coming up or a young girl, a daughter or son, and you are really doing well in school and your father is seated with friends, and let's say you enter the house, you realize that he'll call you. And the moment you start approaching, you'll say, oh, start from that side. And so if it's a long up, 20 people, 30 people, you greet everybody. And as you greet, he'll be telling them, okay, so that's my son, uh, the, the doctor. You see, he is the one that, you know, he's so proud because he, he realizes that you are showing forth what? His glory. You and I are also expected to show forth the glory of God. So that when you, uh, uh, you, you, you are walking some God can say that, have you considered my son? You remember what he said about Job? When the devil went trekking in heaven, he says that, ah, you've been moving to and fro, but have you considered my son Job? Have you really looked closely at that guy? That guy is really showing forth my glory. We are 
to embark on this mission, showing forth the praises, the glory of the Lord. We are to do the will of the Father. Like Jesus said. He says that, look, I did not come down from heaven to do my own will. It is the Father's mission. It is not my mission. It is not your mission. So it is not about what you want. It is about what the Father wants. At a point in time in Jesus' life, what he said was, Father, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, he ended this way. Not my will, but your will be done. The reason he came to this world was to do his will. He says, I came to do his will and to finish it. That is his food. That is how he described it. My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish it. So we are on his mission, not our mission. So it means that it is necessary we understand what this mission is all about. Understanding is key. Usually when we don't understand, the tendency is to abuse the position. To abuse the opportunities that have been given to us. All the resources that have been given to us will misapply them because we do not understand. And the Bible always talks about this. This was one of the problems God had with Israel. He says, look, I've read sons, I've brought up children, but they have rebelled against me. He says, they do not understand anything. My prayer is that we would understand. And once we understand, we would do what is right. Our understanding is what will determine the kind of approach, our attitude. If I understand that this is not my job, and there is a boss in this job, then I'll realize that if I want to do anything, I will clear, I'll make sure that I clear it up with the boss. Like some people put it this way. So it will determine the outcome. Whether you are going to go in your own strength, whether you are going to go with your own mind, with your own understanding, or you rely on him. The arm of flesh will fail us. And because man had always been getting this thing wrong over and over and over again. The Bible says that God sat down, looked at this whole thing. He said, look, the heart of man is deceitful among, uh, above all things. No one can understand it. He says, it's desperately wicked. It is beyond cure. God got to a point. He was wondering what he could do to salvage the situation. And he brought out his last card which trumped. He provided for us a template. He provided for us an original which is found in Jesus the Christ. And this is where I would want to draw a few lessons 
from the scriptures that were read to us. The first reading was talking about God's servant. And this aptly describes Jesus Christ as God's servant. Somebody who came to serve, who came to wait. In serving, we wait. I've not seen anybody serving and helping himself. That, that person is a bad servant. People, you go to, um, how do you call it, a restaurant, and they serve you with sumptuous meals. Look, those people who serve you, some of them are hungry. Some are really, really hungry. They wish they could help themselves with what they are bringing to you. But what do they do? They wait. So, instead of helping themselves, they help others. Jesus was God's servant. He was at God's beck and call. One thing that God said about him is that he delights in him. And this is the template. This is the, this is the standard that was set for us. Servanthood. And then the state where God delights in you. And the Bible says that God upholds him. Now, because it's God's servant, because God delights in him, God upholds him. And the Bible again says that, upon whom God's spirit abides. The man in God's mission must be the kind upon whom the spirit of God resides. Must be a servant of God. God must have pleasure in that person. And God's spirit must fill this person. Bible says again about him that he brings justice to the nations. And the interesting part here is that he does not grow faint or get discouraged. In this mission, there is a lot of reasons. You can have so many reasons why you should be discouraged. There are many reasons. You don't need to look far. That you can base your decisions on and probably decide not to appear in church anymore. Decide to abandon the ship. Decide not to give anymore. But the servant of God, the one who is on God's mission, will not faint. He will not be discouraged. Bible says that youth will faint. Young people like this will faint. It will get to a point you don't find them in church. They will run and will be weary. They will get tired. They will utterly fail. But the Bible says that they that wait on the Lord, meaning that those who serve the Lord, they that wait on the Lord will have their strength what? renewed. So it will get to a time you will be at a breaking point. Probably somebody may be at a breaking point now. And he's just waiting for the exit. The sign for exit. He's waiting for the last straw. The last thing. You let me come today. And let him try this again. And that will be the end. Yes, you get to that point. But because you are serving God. Because you are God's servant. And you are waiting on the Lord. Your strength will be renewed. And such a person is set as a covenant to the people of God and that person is set also as a light for the world. And this is what all that Jesus represented. 
But for you and me, how do we get to this point? Yes, God has said all that about us. We are his chosen people, yes. We are royal priesthood, yes, those things are true. That's why the Bible, but you realize that the Bible continues to say that we should live a life that is worthy of the call. That name that has been put on us, we should live a life that reflects that name. So how do we attain this? How can we succeed on this mission? And again, I want to draw more lessons from here. The scriptures. Acts 10, from 34 to 35, Peter made a confession. He says that, I have now seen. I, it is now clear to me that God shows no favoritism. But he says that, For everyone who fears him and does what is right, he accepts. So if we want to fix the bill, then one, uh, uh, a couple of advices, that, or let me say, a couple of things we need to consider here is how we revere God, we fear God, or we show reverence to God. I know there are people who say they are, they are not afraid of God. But whether you revere God, whether you respect Him, whether you do what is right, if you revere God, you fear God, and you do what is right, God accepts you. Let us note that Jesus received approval because of this attitude, because of His attitude. And what was this? He refused to accept any privileges. No protocols. No honors from John the Baptist. John said, Wow, I'm not the one to baptize you. I know who you are. You should baptize me. But Jesus was not ready for that. And what did he say? He said, My desire is that we would fulfill all what? Righteousness. Do what is right. At this point... At this time, you must baptize me. And if Jesus could come this low, what about me and you? The very first time I came here as a visitor, I was then not anywhere near the pulpit. Somebody wanted to usher me. And I found it hard allowing him to usher me. Because I knew him. I knew his position. I was nowhere near him. So how can this man come and say that he's ushering me? And at that point, he even almost wanted to collect my small Bible that I was holding. Something that was giving me small weight. It happened here. And I was saying, what is this? But I'm sure this gentleman might have come to the point. Realizing that when it comes to the things of God... We are nothing. We are nothing. And so might have humbled himself so low. I remember walking into a full gospel businessman fellowship meeting early because we had the performance there, seeing some of these doctors and some of these highly placed people sweeping the place. I said, What is happening here? Beloved, 
Jesus would not accept any protocol. What he wanted was to do what was right. To show us the way to worship the Lord. Consequently, the Bible says that the heavens were opened unto him. My prayer today is that you respond aright to the word of God. My prayer today is that you will humble yourself, receive God's word, and fear God and seek to do what is right. And even as you do this, may the word of God come alive in your life. May the heavens open over you. And that is what happened to him. It didn't end there. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended upon him. I've seen countless people struggle, begging, doing all kinds of things for the presence of God to be manifest in their lives. Meanwhile, I've seen people also in meetings like this, whilst they were listening to the word of God, the spirit of God will fall upon them and will manifest the presence of God. It happens. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it several times. And God is capable of doing it. Seeing people walking even in their bathroom, and God's presence fills the place. May the presence of God overshadow you. And may the power of the Most High be your portion. And the Bible says that a voice from heaven attested to the fact that this, this is the real deal. If there's anything we should look at, let us look at the real deal. Forget about the counterfeit. So many things are happening in our day, in our time. And it leaves many people confused. But why don't we look at Jesus? Why don't we go back to the scriptures? Why don't we search the scriptures in prayer and obey God's word in reverent fear and see if God will not respond? He will. And I tell you, he will do so quickly. Peter talks about the fact that God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good, healing all those oppressed by the devil. Is anybody oppressed? Is any friend oppressed? Is anybody around you suffering? If only we would allow the power of the Most High God to come over us, we would be able to heal, we'll be able to Relieve these people of their challenge. Philippians 2 tells us that Jesus humbled himself and was obedient even unto death. And because of this that he did, the Bible says that God exalted him, God lifted him, and gave him a name which is above every other name. Now, at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. Because of the kind of position that Jesus is, every tongue must confess that he is Lord. So what should we do? On Wednesday we were saying this here as we discussed this, that let us have that same attitude that Jesus had. That same mind, if you look at Philippians 2 verse 5, that same mind that Jesus had, let us have that same attitude. Let us have that same mind. Paul says, So this is what I'm doing. I'm actually following Jesus' example. So follow me as I follow him. Maybe you, 
it appears you can't see it so clearly. I'm, I'm, I'm making every effort to be like him. I'm imitating him. So imitate me as I imitate him. You can see that in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1. Let us run the race that has been marked out for us. Looking to Jesus. Who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And that is why Isaiah 42 started this way. It says that, behold, look. Let us keep looking at him. Even as he leads us on. Is there any advice I have? Let me say this. Let none hear you idly saying, there is nothing I can do. While the souls of men are dying, and the master is calling on you. Take the task he gives you gladly. Let its word your pleasure be. Answer quickly when he call it, saying, Here I am. Send me. Father, send me. Shalom. Shall we pray? In the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us and with all who When we walk with the Lord in the light of His word, all the glory He shares on our way, while we do His Sometimes you just don't have anything to say. You can say that, Lord, help me. Because in all of these things, you see that, look, I've fallen short of the glory of God. I'm not measuring up. It's not working out. Yes, Lord, strengthen, strengthen every feeble hand. People that are 
getting ready even to give up, Lord. Strengthen them. Reveal yourself. Lord, there's a way to go. The Bible says there's many who received him, who believed in his name. He gave the power to become the sons of God. The Bible says that there is none other name under heaven given among men by which we may be saved. We can only be saved even in this name, Jesus. And we are chosen, we are actually chosen in him. Until we get into him, we cannot be among the chosen. And so, Lord, as many as are willing, heal them, touch them, come into their lives. May they know you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, Amen. In whom do you believe? Let's rise.